Speed Cafe newscast. Your host, Mark Fogarty. Coming up, Crazy Dave on his latest move. Ricardo Recovery. Can Dan come back? Supercar's boss on Gen 3 Pain. All this and more straight ahead on Speed Cafe Newscast. Hi there, race fans. I'm Mark Fogarty, and here's what's happening. One of Supercar's most colourful characters is on the move once again. Crazy Dave Reynolds joins Mark Winterbottom at Team 18 next year, his sixth squad. He started at Walkinshaw Racing, moved to Kelly Racing, followed by Ford Performance Racing, Erebus Motorsport and Grove Racing. Now, Reynolds is notorious for breaking contracts early, most notably ending his lifetime deal at Erebus, with whom he won the 2017 Bathurst 1000, to go back to what was then Kelly Grove Racing in 2021. He's decided not to take up a renewal option with Penrite Racing for one more season, opting for a multi-year deal with Team 18. 38-year-old Reynolds explained to Speed Cafe why he's jumped ship yet again. My current, at the Groves, they've got a lot of potential. Like it's it's going to be, you know, a really kick-ass team. But I just I'm. St- I just kind of need a bit more, um, what's the word? I'm just looking for a, a, a longer-term deal, really. So it's – and it's going to be at yeah, Team 18. Hang on. So that, assume, that assumes that you've got a multi-year deal at Team 18 and that's what – Yes. It, yeah? Yeah, definitely, yep. That's as honest as I can be. And you've watched the team's progress over the years. Former teammate of Mark Winterbottom. You obviously see potential. But what do you really think Team 18 can do? Uh, Yeah, well, obviously, I've watched them from the outside. I don't know much about their internal workings, but, you know, I'll probably know more once I join the team. But, yeah, I'm looking to, you know, start afresh and build a good team around me and try and win a lot of races. So, you know, obviously they've got a Camaro, which, you know, based off the results this year is a bit better than a bit better. (laughs) But who knows what's going to happen in the off-season, you know. The other teams might redesign and come up with something pretty good. So, but, you know... Uh, the the people that Charlie's put around him, Bruin, Dennis, and Mark Winterbottom, and obviously you know I, I know Krusty, the the engineer there as well. So you know I, I know a lot of people in and out of that team. So um, I'm really looking forward to joining it and see how we can you know charge up the grid. So to some extent a risk, but you you reckon it's worth the gamble. Uh, yeah, mate. Everything you do in life is a risk. You're born, it's a risk. So, yeah, it's no no different to anything else I've done before. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I love, you know, I love working with good people, and you know, that just makes you want to turn up to work and try as hard as you can and put in the extra hours. So, you know, I'm going to be 
going to be giving it my all, regardless of you know what team I'm at. I'm always going to give everything I have. Reynolds is a rare character in supercars, speaking his mind while being, or at least trying to be, funny at the same time. Amid Grove Racing struggles, he has returned to front-running form on occasions this season, and he wants to finish his time with the team on a high. Oh, definitely. Like, you know, we've got the four of the biggest races coming up, Sandown, Bathurst, Gold Coast and Adelaide, and they're, 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 these are the four biggest races of the year I see him as. So I'm really looking forward to the rest of the year and, you know, trying to, uh, you know, come back. You know, we've, we had a strong start to the year and then we fell away without the pace of the car. There's, you know, um, there's no hiding that. You know, our cars just weren't very fast in the last, you know, four races or like, you know, in the last few events. So, you know, these, these next races we go to are, um, are kind of my strongest sort of tracks. I really enjoy driving them. I love turning up to them and they kind of suit my style. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to the, the rest of rest of the year with this team. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. It's fair to say you've uh, you've moved around and been at a lot of teams over the course of your supercars career. Yeah. Do you see this as your um well, where you'll see out the end of your career? Uh mate, I have no idea right now. Um you know, motorsport's a funny sport. You know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't rely a lot of physicality. So, you know, if it's not like running or football where your body gets tired, um, motor racing, it's it's got nothing to do with that. So you can actually drive up until you're, I don't know, until you want to, until you want to step out of the sport. Like I always tell a story when I was 21 years old you know, fast Porsche racer. I thought I was like one of the fastest Porsche drivers in the world. And I used to get my ass handed to me by a 58-year-old bloke named Jim Richards week in, week out. And, you know, you can honestly drive up until you you don't want to anymore or, you know, you don't have the motivation to. As long as you've got the motivation to win and get up every day and be better, you know, you can drive for as long as you want. And plus with age comes experience. So, um yeah, you sort of you have a better risk assessment when you're older. So there's many factors to you know driving later in life. Reynolds will be partnered with Garth Tander in the upcoming Sandown 500 and Bathurst 1000, a powerful combination to say the least. Still up for grabs are seats at Blanchard Racing Team, Matt Stone Racing, and possibly Premier Racing. Looking for drives are Team 18 Reject Scott Pye, Walkinshaw cast off Nick Perkett, Tickford Racing Expendables James Courtney and Declan Fraser, and perhaps Todd Hazelwood and Tim Slade. Aussie Formula One star Daniel Ricciardo's comeback has hit a hurdle. He missed the Dutch Grand Prix after breaking his left wrist in a crash in practice at Zandvoort, avoiding a bigger collision with compatriot Oscar Piastri. Speed Cafe's Formula One editor, Matt Koch, explains the ramifications of Ricardo's untimely injury. It comes at a really difficult time, and I say that 
purely because Daniel was starting to get his head around the car. Obviously, he had the really strong debut with AlphaTauri or return to AlphaTauri in Hungary and then a more difficult weekend in Belgium before the summer break. But the Dutch Grand Prix was really the start of his comeback, so to speak. The first two races that he had were free hits to get to know the team, the car, get his eye back in, those sorts of things. So this was really the start of it. By having a broken hand, you know, he's going to now face a recovery of some extent. We know he's not going to be at the Italian Grand Prix. Uh, we know he's had screws and a plate put into to his hand. So there is going to be a recovery and that stymies his return. Now, is he going to be back really? We know that's not going to be the case. We've got Japan and Singapore that follow very soon after. And that's a back-to-back weekend as well. Singapore is one of the hardest races of the year. Japan one that every driver wants to be at, but you know, how quickly can he get back? Is is Singapore realistic? If that's not the case, Japan's probably not realistic. And immediately you're then looking at Qatar, and that leaves only that six or seven races to go for the end of the season. And in that period, then he's got that condensed opportunity to really stake his claim for either being retained by AlphaTauri or potentially looking at Red Bull, although. Christian Horner has steadfastly said that Sergio Perez will be there next year, but it really condenses that window of opportunity that he's got. And that makes it harder because he's got less time to get really comfortable in the car, get the most out of it and the team to then put Yuki Tsunoda in the shade because that's what he needs to do now. He can't just beat Yuki Tsunoda when he comes back. He has to basically destroy him because he doesn't have time on his side now in my opinion according to kosh our dan is now in a race against time to secure his seat for next year and beyond yeah so my colleague ian parks was in zanvo over the weekend and just in an x-ray of daniel's wrist and there's screws and, and, a, and a plate has been put in daniel was saying that he's now got his first metal work which he said on on instagram we know that at the moment that the, he put a picture on Instagram from that, we can tell that the, the hand is splinted. That'll be, you know, just to help aid the recovery, keep the thing stable and, and still that's the first step of, of this splinting it, keep it stable, get it, you know, starting to mend itself. The key will be how bad was the break? If it's just chip, that's different to if it's a significant break that it's screwed and plated suggests it's a more significant break. What will happen beyond the initial surgery and recovery will be we'll start looking at, you know, some doing some physiotherapy on his hand. They're actually a specialized uh, profession that, that look after hand therapy. Um, they're actually called hand therapists, believe it or not. They'll be looking at a couple of things like grip strength, range of movement, you know, feeling in his fingers as well. Is there any nerve damage? And it's not just his little finger, but that could even extend up his hand as, as far as his, his middle finger. I understand. So if he's got nerve damage, what does that do to his ability to feel the car, to feel the uh, you know the, the paddles behind the wheel, the, the gear shift, and the clutch where where they are now? Also, his ability to operate the the switches and dials that are on the steering wheel. It's not just the paddles at the back of it. You've got to constantly just brake balance, energy recovery, differential, all of those sorts of things on the fly, and you've got to be very dexterous doing that because you're driving at 250, 300 kilometers an hour. So having feeling is important, having the dexterity to do that, having the strength to hold on to the car is important. And this is what his recovery now looks like. So 
seeing him without a splint will be a positive sign. But how long that recovery takes, obviously it will be shortened because this will be his sole focus between now and when he does return. So normally you're looking at a couple of months for that process, according to Christian Horner. Hopefully that will be shorter for uh, for Daniel because if we're looking at a couple of months, we're already at the end of August. That takes us through to, uh, well, basically the end of the season. So if it goes by a normal person's recovery, Daniel's season is over. Hence my earlier statement that you know, Qatar might be the realistic return for him, but it really condenses that back end of the year. But it will all be driven by his recovery and just what damage has been done to to his hand. New Zealander Liam Lawson was thrown in at the deep end as Ricardo's last-minute replacement. Our man Matt Koch says Lawson's big test will be this weekend's Italian Grand Prix. Of course, Liam Lawson, Kiwi, maybe we'll call him an honorary Aussie, absolutely thrown in the deep end. How did he do and how will he go in Italy? I think we need to almost ignore the Dutch Grand Prix from Liam's perspective in that he had no practice. He had no warm-up. He was thrown into to P3 in difficult conditions. He qualified in difficult conditions. He raced at one of the most chaotic Grand Prix uh, on memory. Um, but he did well. You know, he got to the flag. He beat his teammate. So let's put that in its own little box. It was an incredibly pro- impressive, impressive performance. He didn't have the outright lap time. But that's irrelevant. The car wasn't set up for him. The car was set up for Daniel because cars go to Park Ferme quite early on. He didn't have the time to set the car up uh, before qualifying, really. He was just banking laps. He got 26 laps in free practice three, the most of, of any driver. He kept his nose clean. The only little blemish was a spin in the latter stages of P3. And I'd be, if I was Christian Horner or Dr. Helmut Marco, Rebels Motorsport Advisor, I'd allow him that because it came at the end of the session when he should have been pushing on to find the limits of the car. He'd got himself comfortable. He built up. He was doing what he should have been doing and what any race driver worth their salt would be doing. So Liam's performance was impressive. There was a little bit of a strategy and unfortunate uh, unfortunate developments for others that promoted him to 13th. But nonetheless, he finished there. And that's that's a massive credit to, to Liam. In Italy, we can look a little more critically at his performance because he'll have the entire weekend to build up. He'll have the the three hours of, of practice. It's not a sprint weekend this time around. So he's got that full race weekend to develop, fine-tune the car before qualifying. And then come Sunday evening, we can put a more rigorous assessment on just where the New Zealander is. But early indications are he deserves a seat in Formula 1. His performance in the Netherlands was where you'd expect it to be arguably perhaps even a little bit ahead but again you've just got to put an asterisk around that because it was an unusual race weekend in unusual circumstances for him but he delivered and I think that's really seen his stock rise within the Red Bull fraternity much more from Matt on what's happening in Formula One on Fox Sports Pit Talk podcast from Tuesday more after this short break Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuels. And with the new Bowsers at Queensland Raceway, it's never been easier to source your racing fuel trackside. Elf, 
Race 102 is imported racing fuel direct from Europe. Offering power and protection, the Elf Race 102 is a popular fuel with racers seeking gains over pump fuel. Improve your lap times with Elf Race 102. www.racefuels.com.au All your fuel at the racetrack. You're listening to the Speed Cafe Newscast. Welcome back. Supercars is trying to fix Gen 3's problems before the Enduros at Sandown and Bathurst. Series Chief Shane Howard is happy with the progress on achieving parity and solving reliability issues. Yeah, well, you know, obviously, um, you know, when you embark on a, an, on a change like we have, which is, um, you know, significant change, you know, not, not only with uh, body styling, um, chassis, componentry, but engine architecture and capacity. Um, yeah, that's, that's, there's a lot to uh, get right in all that. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, we, we have, so, have some issues that we needed to work on and we've been working very closely on that. Um, the parity trigger uh, was, uh, you know, was, was activated and we've worked closely with Ford and their HT um, to, um, for, that, for that change. I think it has improved the cars. I think, you know, you've seen the results of uh, qualifying today. So, I, I think um, the cars are, you know, um, very evenly matched. There's probably still a little bit more work to do there, to be honest. Um, but yeah, we're getting on top of it, and um, you know, we've got uh, good plans to improve um, our our tools and uh, processes going forward, which we're working with. Um, both uh, our OEMs and um, and, and uh, the HTs and, and, and all our racing teams. So I think there's good things ahead. Citing independent research, the Supercars CEO reckons the pain and agony, as I put it, of Gen 3's on-the-run development has been worth it. Uh, yes, I think it has been <laughs> worth it. Um, yeah, you look at our numbers at the moment, um, the recent numbers through YouGov that were um, in regard to our basically our health check and comparison against other sports, and and uh, you know there's there's a very 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 good news in all that. Our um, you know our attendances have been very strong, and um, in 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 regard to our. Uh, our demographic, we've increased the number of um, women uh, what, uh, watching and uh, attending our sport, and we've really increased our numbers um, in, in uh, you know the 18 to 34 um, demographic. So there's some really good signs there that um, you know the, the cars are resonating with the fans, and um, yeah, we've got a little bit more work to do on the. Uh, you know, getting the cars perfectly balanced, but we've got a good plan to execute on that. YouGov is a UK-based marketing research and data analytics company that compares the reach of major international sports. Supercars teams are now preparing for the endurance races. For the first time since the COVID pandemic, there will be a pair of two-driver enduros with the Sandown 500 returning next month. Sandown and the Bathurst 1000 will be crucial to the title battle between upstart Erebus 
and longtime powerhouse Triple Eight. Red Bull Ample Racing Chief Jamie Wincup declares his team is up for the fight, but he's not taking anything for granted, even though traditionally the Enduros have been the bread and butter of the squad's success. It has been, but unfortunately, um, history, you know, history doesn't guarantee what's going to happen this year or, or in the future. So, no, we'll, we'll prepare as well as we possibly can and um, try to do the best job we can. We've, um, we've got confidence from we've done a good job in the past and we, we know what we're doing. So, um, fingers crossed, we can take that confidence and turn it into results. You don't feel that you're the favourites going into the Enduros? I mean, history would suggest you are. You're only strong as your last race, and <laughs> unfortunately, we didn't didn't do as good a job as we should have this weekend. So um, that's your job to decide who's who's the favourite or not, or the bookie's job to decide who's who's favourite or not. But we'll um, no, we'll we'll work like we're the underdogs and make sure we're going well prepared and give it our best shot. Mm. Well, SVG is certainly still well and truly in the title hunt. So this whole title race could turn on the Enduros, and probably will. Yeah, absolutely it could. Um, no, we're, we're hanging in there. I think Shane's 100 off off Brody and um, and Brock's only you know, 180 something off. So with 600 points up for grabs in the next two, um, yeah, it's well, it's well and truly wide open. But to get more points than the others, you've got to beat them. Uh, and we've got to be there. You've got to be there at the end and you've got to, got to have beat, beat, beat them. So that's, that's our focus. Win Cup, of course. We'll be back behind the wheel in the Enduros co-driving Brock Feeney. Back soon. Speedcafe.com, your number one source for all the latest motorsport news and features. Breaking news, live event updates, unprecedented global motorsport coverage, performance motoring news and reviews, all in the palm of your hand, anywhere, anytime. Speedcafe.com, first, fast and free. You're listening to the Speed Cafe Newscast. You're listening to Speed Cafe Newscast. Over the weekend, there was the drama of the Formula One Dutch Grand Prix and plenty of action in the States as IndyCar and NASCAR head for title fights to the finish. With a roundup of all that and more, here's Jackie. Formula One returned from its summer break at Zandvoort for the Dutch Grand Prix as Max Verstappen achieved his ninth win in a row. Teammate Sergio Perez appeared to have second but slid off. He also suffered a subsequent penalty for speeding in pit lane. That elevated Fernando Alonso and Pierre Gasly into the podium positions. Aussie Oscar Piastri was ninth after enduring a wide variety of conditions. It was a disappointing weekend for Jack Doohan in Formula Two who scored sixth in the sprint race before crashing out under safety car as the feature race started. Started. Just like Doohan, most of the title contenders encountered trouble as Isaac Hadjar and Clement Novelak took the victories. In the Porsche Super Cup, Harry Jones remains in contention to take the rookie crown after scoring a podium. IndyCar raced at its final oval for the year at Gateway, where New Zealander Scott Dixon greeted the chequered flag to close on championship leader Alex Palau. Scott McLaughlin was sixth and Will Power ninth. Keeping his title credentials intact in Indy next was Hunter McElroy as he finished third. The NASCAR Cup Series race at Daytona for the second time this year where Chris Boucher took the win from Brad Keselowski and Arik Almarola. In 12th was Bubba Wallace scoring the final playoff slot. This is Jackie Shivey for Speed Cafe.
Well, that's it for now. Back next week with the latest breaking news. In the meantime, for all the latest in motorsport around the world as it happens, go to speedcafe.com. And for more discussion and analysis, join Damien Spy for the Speed Cafe podcast on Friday. Also, don't forget the Grassroots Racing podcast this week featuring Australian racing royalty Richard Davison. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to a Speed Cafe Pod Hub production. <laughs>